Welcome to the Leadership Podcast, brought to you by LifeWest, the Chiropractic College. I'm your host, Dr. Ron Oberstein. And I'm your host, Dr. Mary Oberstein. And we're excited to have you join us as we bring special guests in the world of health, leadership, business success, and chiropractic. Our mission is to create a brighter future for humanity, and we are thrilled to walk this journey with you. Enjoy this episode, and thank you for being with us today. Well, hello, everybody. Dr. Ron Oberstein, president of Life Chiropractic College West, and I'm coming at you with another one of our Life West leadership line. Uh, today, as you can see, I've got two wonderful people. You, If you haven't met them yet or seen them or seen them around, you're going to be just amazed at what you're going to hear today. Uh, but not only that, if you have, you're still going to be amazed. Um, so hold on to your seats. I have Dr. Don and Brandy McDonald with us. So hi, guys. Welcome to, to the Life West Leadership Line. Glad to be here. How are you doing? Coming at us from Alberta, Canada, north of the border, you know, it's just, uh, or, or we're south of the border, any way you want to look at it, I guess. Totally cool. Um, uh, for our, our audience, I want to give you just a little bit of a, a brief history. Uh, first, I'm going to talk about Brandy, because Brandy is not a chiropractor, but should be getting some kind of a, a honorary chiropractic degree at some time. Um, it could easily go through chiropractic school. Uh, but, you know, she's been uh, involved in the profession for, you know, 20-something years, but lecturing, you know, for the last 15 years. Uh, started off with CAs, and then now she's working with doctors, talking about communication and 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 all kinds of things around the office and just within their lives and how they do it. I think originally, Brandy, you are a social worker, have a social work background. Um, right. Just 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 incredible, you know, to be able to find new ways of communicating. Um, she was also on the board of the uh, Australian Chiropractic Research Foundation. So uh, that's a huge thing, right? And then right now in Canada, there's two uh, uh, national associations and the, the newest association, Brandy, helped form. And she was, a, you know, she was with another doctor. They started this association, the, the Canada National Alliance of Chiropractic. And um, I mean, that's just huge, Brandy, for a lay person, let alone, right? Um, it's just huge. When I say lay person, you are chiropractic. I know that, you know, but um, but it's just, just amazing. And I want to just before I introduce Don, I just want to let you know how inspired I am by what I just read, because it is it is phenomenal. Um, and then we got Don to, to Brandy's right. Uh, Dr. Don McDonald graduated from Palmer College 26 years ago in 1997, uh, met Brandy a week after opening his practice. The first thing I asked was, what, were you a patient? Absolutely not. Uh, Don was getting a drink at a bar and Brandy was serving him. And, you know, she was a social worker and then slinging the bar, bar stuff three days a week. You know, those days when you need to have two, two jobs to keep yourself going. And, uh, you know, she got into, into his head and, and into his heart. <laughs> the relationship started right there, right? Uh, Don's been involved. Uh, you know, he's been in, been in practice now for 26 years, but he's been involved uh, in the Edmonton area on politics and working with the president of the association in Edmonton, Chiropractic Association, for about nine years. They constant, constantly involved in things. Uh, he's been um, teaching, and of course, both of them are teaching. Uh, they were teaching 15 years ago, but now they just recently started something, maybe about five years ago, I might be off my timing, something like that, but they started something called the Vitality Shift, which then 
changed into, into another uh, 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 seminar that they're doing called the Informed Chiropractor. And then the Informed Chiropractor is pretty much neuro-based and they're going all over the world right now teaching neuro-based uh, uh, polyvagal theory and things like that. And um, it's just a pleasure to have you guys. That that was a lot to get out. I want you to know. It's a lot. It's a lot. You also just forgot to mention you're my very first coach too. My first. Oh, that, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I remember him when, right? You know, kind of like, you know, when he was just you know pounding on uh, on tables, kind of thing. You know, no, but it, it is really great to have you both. So welcome to the uh, to the life to the Life West Leadership Line because it's a it's thrilled that I I want to start in. I mean, and to be honest with you, really where I want to start. I hope you don't mind. I want to go right into the polyvagal thing because I, you know, you know, I've heard it. We've got uh, uh, um, Drew Rubin coming out to the wave and Drew teaches for the ICPA and, you know, he does polyvagal. I had him do something online for, he did a, he did an online seminar for our students during the pandemic, I believe. Um, and it's just amazing stuff, you know, and I'm still learning about it. Right. But I just want to jump into that because I think it's so cool. Um, let's talk about it. You know, I, I, first of all, how did you get into the polyvagal? And I don't know who to direct the questions to. So you guys can either tap each other on the foot or, you know, or pinch each oh, other, yeah. or whatever, or go like this, whatever you want. But I need you to talk first. And I talk second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's usually how it works. I, I'll inspire him. Uh, poly, polyvagal in my life was a long time ago. I have always known about it. We use it. It's very popular in therapy, social work, psychology, psychiatry, early childhood. When COVID happened for all of us that have been in practice, not only was it distressing for those of us going through COVID, it was distressing for our people. And so when things started rolling again and offices started opening again and people started coming back, we quickly realized that the people we cared for before, they might be looking the same, they might appear to be in the same body, but they were different people. And we knew that we had to evolve the way in which we cared for these folks, um, not only clinically through our technique protocols, but also the way the office cared for them because we were really dealing with a traumatized species. And I think it was the first time really in chiropractic, unless that was a specialty of chiropractors, that we really had to start looking at what trauma was, what it is, and how it impacts the nervous system. And that's sort of where it came to be initially for the two of us in our own practice. Yeah. And, and for me, especially, I, I found um, the people were definitely different coming in. And I actually had to start adjusting people differently. Like I, I couldn't adjust them the same way that I was adjusting before. And I, I found myself just innately adapting my technique style. And then once the pandemic happened and, and Brandy had told me about the polyvagal theory and I started learning a lot more about it, it actually gave me some more words and gave me a lot better way to describe what I was seeing. Because in the past, we were always about sympathetic dominance, but now people were like shut down. So it didn't seem like it. So it was confusing at first, but this helped us explain it. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting when you talk, when you talk like that, because when you say that I started adjusting people differently, right. You know, it wasn't that you went from the left side to the right side, or you went from, you know, prone to supine, you started seeing them, you know, their nervous systems were shining at, in a much different light, obviously. Right. And that's what you're, that's what I get you, you were, you were saying, right. Um, but wow, you know, and, and so so talk to me about that, because, you know, how for both of you, how did you start to incorporate this? Obviously, you're teaching this now, but how did you start to incorporate it? And, you know, was it just kind of like Brandy, you saying to Don, um, hey, these people are coming in different. I've got this information that I had, you know, through my social work work and, and other things that you've been doing. And let's 
put this into the practice, you know, into what we do, right? And make that work. Is that or how did how did that happen? I think it was probably a little more organic than that. Don and I, in our years and years of practice and working with chiropractors, have never really gone, okay, then we're going to start to do this. It's never, we're, we're not, it's just never been that way. It's sort of always evolved in the sense that, like Don used the word innate, innately, we just in our practice lives, when something presents itself to ourselves because we've had such a hard time in chiropractic, today we go, okay, I'm going to listen to that. I don't necessarily know what the answer is right now, but I'm going to try to find it out. And I think it, we just knew, I innately knew prior to us reopening our offices, I innately knew it was going to be different. I knew that people could not be isolated to the degree in which we were, and we would not end up having health problems because that was my past world. So I just didn't ever link it to chiropractic. So I think there was a lot of innateness to that uh, evolution that we sort of created in our office. And like Dawn said, what happened before for some people, which was perfect, now was either too much or too little. So it was always taking into account, was it too much or too little? And we just found that, whoa, it was either too much or too little, too much input, too little input, too much information, too little information. So all of our perfect procedures and scripts and like that doesn't didn't work post COVID worlds. Like, so I think a lot of it was a rollout of a lot of practice and and saying, oh, that, well, that's interesting. What, what happened there? And then for Dawn, I think similar thing with adjusting. Right, right. So, so break it down for me then, you know, because I, because I love that, you know, like in chiropractic, we're always adapting, right? And, and the body is always adapting. That's the whole thing. Adaptability is really what, what, what healing and living actually is about, right? Not just healing, but living. And, and obviously you guys adapted, right? You did this adaptation to what you were seeing, right? Obviously I've gotten great results because you wouldn't be doing what you're doing if you didn't get great results. Um, what are the principles? Like, what's the foundation uh, when you talk about, you know, the, the polyvagal? What what's the what's the foundation? Is there or is there a foundation? I should say, yeah, or, or multiple foundations? Yeah. Well, there's there's really three there's three foundations to polyvagal, but that like the major premise, if I can use similar language, the major premise of polyvagal is there's a hierarchy in the nervous system, and that hierarchy is actually evolved over our evolution from reptiles to bony fish to mammals. And so that evolution of the nervous system really has been created so that we could formulate into these species we call mammals and ultimately humans that are co-regulating with one another. We exist because of one another. We survive with one another. Um, all of these areas that the nervous system had to eventually evolve and develop because obviously we became bipeds, upright, eye contact, and moving through time and space with one another. So the hierarchy of the nervous system is the major premise of polyvagal. And the fact that there are, like Don said, I'll let him speak to that. But in the old days, we used to say there's a sympathetic nervous system. System and there's a parasympathetic nervous system and there are only two parts to that and one is one is good and one is bad and i remember the days of teaching kind of this idea and there's only a dominance in in uh, sympathetics and we only want to be parasympathetic but as we started digging into this we realized that's actually not necessarily true not neurologically or biologically and so that's really where it got interesting for us is in this hierarchy and the two branches of the parasympathetic nervous system which i'll let don talk to good please don yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing is that the vagus nerve is actually has two branches. And actually, if you go back um, to where the nuclei is in the brain, they're actually in two separate spots. So they're almost like two separate cranial nerves in one. And so the ventral vagal, which is the ventral part of the vagus, that is what we normally think of parasympathetic. Like that's the good parasympathetic. We're connected. We're socially connected. That's the target. 
then if we get into a situation where we detect danger around us, we go into a fight or flight. That's normal. That's what we always thought before. However, there's a third step that we didn't know about, which is basically the dorsal vagal kicks back in. And what it does is it shuts things down. So we think about in the wild, like, first of all, an, a prey will run. And then if it gets caught and it, and it realizes that if I continue to fight, that's going to be dangerous for my life. It's actually going to play dead. The challenge with that part is it started in the reptilian times where the rep reptilians couldn't, they didn't have to breathe and they could breathe, not breathe for a couple hours, but we have such a big brain. Like we were very shallow breathers and it, and it shuts things down. And so that's what I was starting to see a lot with my uh, practice members is people were not in that fight or flight jacked up stage anymore. They were in that collapse. collapse. They were, it was like they're turned off, like frozen. Right. Right. And so when you talk, and obviously that's why polyvagal, right? Yep. You know, many, you know, different. Yeah. You know. Um, so to access that or to look at that, you know, is it something that you you visibly see or is it shown you know through through checks that you do on the you know like like you can look at leg checks or whatever you know i'm not saying that for you but you know whatever it might be or do heat scans like the objectiveness of being able to to look at you know it where someone's at on a polyvagal level is i always like to think i always like to think in cartoons so when we're normally adjusting the spine, people are face down. So we're looking at the spinal nerves and the, and the proprioception of the spine. Uh, we want to have good posture. We want to make sure everything's engaged, extensors are strong. Now, with this, what I've done is I flipped them over on their back because there's five cranial nerves that makes up the social engagement system. And the vagus is kind of the driver of that. And I almost think of it like kind of in the movie Aliens, when the alien attacks the mouth and it comes right down and it goes down into the stomach. And then it, that's how it creates other aliens. Um, in my brain, that is basically the social engagement system. So it's all the cranial nerves that create up all the facial expressions, your eyes, your voice, your hearing. And this goes back to the Harvey Lillard story in chiropractic. That's why this is so important. And what it is, is you're, there's a face autonomic connection that is that is lifetime connected. And so you can see what shape someone's autonomics are by their face. And so one of the objective findings we've added, because I, I was telling you the other day how you were one of the first ones that I learned about objective uh, testing, but now we're actually doing pictures of people's face because you can tell when they're offline, they're either in the, they're either in fight or flight or they're in the dorsal, but you can see it because they have that flatness, the, the lack of tone in their face, which means they have the lack of tone in their autonomics. Yeah. So if that's the case and Brandy, you know, and I don't want to, you know, I, I just want to go into like the office piece, right? When people walk in, like in your life, because you've been doing this for many years, obviously, right? You know, many, many years, Brandy, because, you know, for the work that you learned in social work and all the other stuff, when when you meet somebody, you know, you can probably look at their facial expression and, and get something from that. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I just see it being so valuable to to have, you know, everyone in the office be able to see that and understand it on some level, not maybe diagnose it, but on some level to, to be able to know that when I'm dealing with this person who's coming into the office, you know, they are shut down right now. So I'm not going to go there and be, how are you? Come here, give me a hug. You know, exactly. Yeah. Or if they're in, you know, if they're, if they're, if they're very sympathetic, you know, so we could actually kind of work with, you yes. know, before they even get back. Is that, is, how do you look at that? 
Well, I think that's really, we get asked that a lot about what, what, how do you measure this? And so because this is a network system, there's, there's going to be a little, everything that most chiropractors do, they stay doing. When we created the vitality shift, the whole thing was about objective findings. That was the whole idea of the program. None of those changed. All of those objective findings stayed the same. It just told us some different stories that we maybe didn't recognize from before. So the objective findings didn't change as much as our understanding about the state that somebody is in would dictate actually our flexibility in our office as to how to handle them versus making everybody do the same thing. Because, the, you know, the uh, Don talked about the social engagement system, a massive part of the second premise of polyvagal is something called neuroception. And neuroception is below awareness and it's below consciousness and it's a reflexive body sensory response to threat. It is what dictates the state of the nervous system. So now when you start to understand that it's reflexive, that if somebody's not choosing that, then you, as a practitioner, number one, you really become quite objective in your observation. So I would say what became more objective for us is not all the lines and drawings and pictures and colors and all the stuff we loved before. What actually we became better at was our objectivity about observation right. on a functional level versus a pathological level because functionally this is a all of those things married into one being that walked into your office and sometimes we take that personally when they are in a nervous system state that their reflexes are telling them to stay in even though the threat's no longer there so what objectively we became really good at observing and then just managing our own selves for the third part of polyvagal, which is co-regulation, so that we don't continue to impact their nervous system at a threat level below their awareness. Got so it. I would say the objectivity thing and observation was our biggest factor change. So go back to the neuroception because because I, it, it's just fascinating, by the way. And and with the neuroception, right? I mean, my first thought would be, and I'm kind of coming from this. I know a little bit about this, but believe me, I, I know I don't know even enough to make me dangerous. You know, that's how little I know. <laughs> but but my first thought around it is like people are going to walk in always on some kind of a some kind of a level, right? You know, like, I just left my job and I just I just I came to the office. I just left my work. I just had the biggest sale I ever had. I'm just on the top of the world, or I just left and I had a terrible review with my boss. Yes. You know, so it's always going to be there. Yes. Right? yes. So it, it's, it it's is, not it about is. getting the person to one place and staying there. That's what I'm getting. It's, it's about just having them live and express, right? The hierarchy is a ladder and there is a, it is a flexible ladder. It is not one or the other. The key is regulation because we need to be in a rest slowed state that's called intimacy that's called cuddling that is when our ventral vagal system is holding hands with that dorsal vagal and it is not a dominant state to make a decision which is collapse shut down or feign or feign death yeah. same as sympathetics you know when you're doing something exciting going on stage you're you know you're performing with your kids you're doing high level sports you are regulated in a sympathetic state so the, the flexibility of this ladder, which goes up and down, that's why it's a hierarchy, is really, really important. That we, But the key is that it's not a dominant state without that friendship, or we always call it holding hands with ventral vagal, which is where regulation is. So the key is really regulation in the moment in time you have them in your office on the table. 
Okay. That's really our end outcome. It stopped being, did their legs balance? Because I'll tell you, one of the controversial things as we teach today, Don teaches protocols, um, is that, that you know, a lot of the objective checks might actually be clear, but that person actually is not regulated. Now, how wild is that? Because it's more than the structure itself. And so once you see that, it's a whole mind bend because you, you, you either go, whoa, I never saw that before. Or many chiropractors have been practicing for some period of time go, I actually see that all the time. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah, they do it all but, but, but it's kind of, it's like the chicken or the egg though, on some level, yeah. right? You know, like, do we clear their nervous systems out, right? And use whatever objection, objective findings that that technique, you know, uses, whatever it might be, clear their nervous systems and therefore be able to access, you know, the, the, the vagal, you know, have that communication functioning, or is it the vagal, you know, that with polyvagal that we want to kind of go with to clear, to, to see that, it, it's I get that it's one I get that it, I get that it's the hand clasping right but you know I can see the confusion that could happen in a practitioner saying well wait a minute so even though they're coming in and their right leg is short I'm just using it as an example for a technique their right leg is short it might be okay to be short because of you know how they're co-regulating or how they might not be co we're always co-regulated but whether they're co-regulating in balance or not right you know, the, if I, I, I kind of the word that's coming to me is coherence. Yeah. 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 You know, I think for Don, the Don's protocol, the reason I want really want him to start teaching technique is that when we started looking at the threat response or neuroception is 80% sensory, right? So that what that means is the vagus nerve is 80% sensory, but from the body to the brain. Then when we talked to Stephen Porges, who is how this thing all started with us, is Don did a podcast. And Stephen said, I love that chiropractors are studying uh, the prefrontal cortex, but if you don't get a handle on the brainstem, it doesn't matter. Right. It drives everything. It give you access to the You don't have as much cortex. access to it. So I think I'll let you speak to the body part, but I think turn, like getting that ventral part of the nervous system, which is mostly body up especially the autonomics below diaphragm, that's something we didn't re really consider as being a chiropractic in the past and be something that we would even consider until we started really digging into the neurology of polyvagal. Right. Then it just made a lot of sense to us. Yeah. And, and in my mind, neuroception, I, I remember way back when I listened to Bruce Lipton one of the first times and, and it, when one of his big paradigm shift was the nucleus didn't drive the cell. Right. It was the cell membrane. And what the cell membrane done, what had neuroception. So what it was, the cell membrane is just consciously, it's just, it's just monitoring the environment all the time, scanning. And, and the thing that really changed my mind, because in chiropractic, like the old method used to be pressure on the nerve, right? And then the nerve didn't work properly. And then now we knew it was more like proprioception. Like as we get more activity, it lights up the brain and it lets our brain and body communicate. Um, but the vagus nerve is more of a surveillance system. So this is very interesting because I think of it like a um, like a like a camera system on this big uh, apartment building, and and your brain is basically in the in the control room looking at all the the screens, and what it's doing is it's detecting cues of threat from the cells in our body throughout our our thoracic autonomic play uh, autonomic areas, and so we are actually not when we're doing the adjustment we're not so much necessarily taking pressure well you can it's a cranial nerve we're not taking pressure off the cranial nerve it's not subluxated however we are trying to um add cues of safety into our physiology so that so that it can it can it can detect safety and then all of a sudden it goes we're clear turn the prefrontal cortex back on so right. that's in my brain that's how i've kind of re 
framed it. Right. So then, so looking at that model that you just described on, you know, that therefore once it, the body says it's clear, right. Mm -hmm. The prefrontal cortex on which we know is all, you know, is how the prefrontal cortex works. We don't need to go into that, but, but once we, once we do that, once the body does that, it goes into a state of, we'll just say for lack of a better word, coherence. Right. Mm -hmm. And then is that when, and I'm just curious when when someone would would adjust because you I'd much rather adjust a body that's that's you know more in a state of ease than somebody who comes in is all jacked up jacked up because of their sympathetics are 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 going crazy right you know happening like that is that kind of like the protocol of how it would work and I don't guys I don't want you to give away your million dollar you know oh that's no, I, don't I, know, I know I know but you know but I, we can't get into the whole technique obviously but is that kind of like the premise to be able to to see that or maybe they don't get clear you adjust them and then you do some work I don't know exactly how it works but in a nutshell kind of what is it yeah, I find it depends on when they're coming in. So, for example, if it's a new a new practice member and they're in a state that's that's not accepting very much input, so our force application has to be really low, or else they're super sensitive. Often, I'll flip them over on their back, and I, I call it the McDonald safety corridor, safety corridor because basically it's that whole it's the whole area where the vagus nerve controls, and there's certain areas that it goes through, which is the the occiput, um, the first rib, the uh, clavicles. The whole rib cage, because again, if our rib cage is not moving correctly, that is automatically going to send cues of danger throughout the whole thoracic cage because right. breathing is vital. And then it's the diaphragm, the stomach, a lot of viscera stuff, and then the hip flexors all the way down to the pubic bones and the and the femur head. So I always said before I started doing this innately anyway, because we're always trying to open up posture because we always knew as you had better posture, that was always better for the prefrontal cortex. But also you can't have good posture unless you're, de you're detecting cues of safety. So like this all intertwines together. And so I started opening up people. Like I started trying to open up the ribs, the sternum, making sure the pecs are open, rib, lower ribs are all moving. The viscera is moving. Like the femur heads are opening. I'm trying, I was trying to do that innately anyway, but now it just made more sense. And I talked to Brandy about this the other day, and it's the difference between constructive and destructive learning. All of the old things we heard is like, you know, the, the power that made the body heals the body, like loving service is my number one technique, present time consciousness. Like that's a constructive where you're just, you're, you're getting all these concepts and you're building something. The thing I like about polyvagal as we tie it into chiropractic is it's a destructive. So it, it's like the umbrella on top, but what it does is it makes sense of a lot of stuff that we're already doing, but now we can actually do it more consciously rather than just subconsciously. So it just gives us more, is we just become far more powerful chiropractors when we have that conscious, we know exactly why we're doing it. We're not just all, we all, we always do it just because we do do it. Uh, a funny thing is co-regulation we all talk about is the way we just help someone else's nervous system calm down by being in their presence. I was adjusting at this one seminar and I talk about breathing with the, with the practice member and I hadn't even said it yet. And I told them, breathe in, and breathe out. And I just said, stop. And like, there's four chiropractors around the table and everybody's breathing. So we innately already know, like everybody, everybody in the whole room was breathing at the same speed. And I'm like, see, we already know how to do it, but it just, it tells you why we're doing it and why it's so powerful. Yeah. And I love what you just said about like the constructive or destructive, because really, you know, chiropractic is built on deductive logic, right? Yes. You know, I mean, that's, 
just who we are, right? So, and that's what you're, that's, you know, you're starting to break it down, break it down, break it down, because you're going to get to that point, you know, of of where it is, instead of trying to build up and, and totally. have all these things up here, and you never, you don't know what it is, you know, I'm just doing it, but you don't know I think why. it's aspirin, I think, it, no, it's, it's, it's acetamiophan, it's this, it's this, it's this, and then you're just lost in this big, in this big quagmire, you know, um, it's so cool. Uh, and obviously from what I'm getting right now is it, 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 this is not technique specific. It's not, you know, nothing like that. Any, for, anywhere from a tonal technique to, uh, you know, to a, you know, to a osseous yeah, and, player, and yeah. everything in between can, you know, this is really just about, you know, assessing the nervous system. And is it a, is it a process? Is it a long time? Is it a, is it simple? I'm not simple when I say that, but is it for a practitioner, is it something that they can just incorporate right into their practice? Yeah. And that's the thing is that most people can just start doing stuff on, and it's just, it's just adding a few things I just call it amplifiers. So it's basically amplifiers onto the existing technique you're already doing right. just to double check, to make sure that that safety corridor is in a state of ease. And it's funny in polyvagal, they call it safety in chiropractic. We call it ease, ease. but it's the same thing, but we're just, we're trying to create ease through the autonomics so that it just bounces off with the musculoskeletal part. Right. <laughs> right. Which is kind of the ventral and the and the and the, the and the dorsal. We're just we just I've never really I never flip people onto their back, and then see what's going on on the inside. And then once I start working on the ribs and the stomach and stuff, like it, it, like they just change, and you can just see it in their face. Like we do before and after pictures, just of adjustments, and it just it just even just gives them an extra sparkle, even on top of what your your regular adjustments already do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Woo! That's, I mean, I just feel like I was just sitting back in school. <laughs> and I know you guys are coming. I want to thank you because I know you're, you know, I think it's in January, you said? Yeah, right? January. Yeah. January that you'll be here and you'll be teaching to our students and, and uh, you know, doing seminar and then holding a lecture, holding a, a seminar afterwards, a, an eight-hour program for them afterwards. And, you know, I it's just so interesting because I think whether you touch somebody or not, you know, just knowing this information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just knowing it. So, so um, Brandy, we kind of touched on it earlier, you know, just, you know, just having that, you know, this awareness that when you're in, when you meet somebody and they're, and the, and the, and the, um, the, the banter or whatever it is going back and forth, the relationship going back and forth, just what you think it was supposed to be that, that there's usually a reason, right. And, you know, it could be me, it could be you, it doesn't matter, but, but to be able to be aware of that, you know, just to, because it just creates more connection with people. Right. You know, the ultimate goal end goal of a regulated nervous system is social engagement. That is the hot, that is ventral vagal. That is, we are designed to be connected to one another at a neurological and biological level. What we didn't recognize before in chiropractic is how much that is tied into the autonomics determining the face. And everything we do with people is about their face. Yeah. It's actually not about anything else. We interpret things through people's faces. That's why I knew everybody that has babies. I mean, I always joke around our chiropractic love to breed so everybody has multiple babies and so everybody recognizes when a baby's face is off when they can't head turn when they can't suck when they can't swallow when they can't vocalize 
that is an impaired social engagement system because the ventral vagal system gets developed through other nervous systems. That's what co-regulation means. That's how we develop as mammals. And so that part of it, when we recognize that we are interruptive or engaging every single time we're with somebody as a practitioner, that actually creates a whole lot of responsibility for us that we may not have had before. Maybe we didn't, we didn't want it. But once you know it, you can't really unknow it. That's a really tough, I always say, this is not an easy way to practice because it was a lot easier when you just somebody could lay down you never have to talk just take to them the pressure off the bone and your body heals itself and you're like that was <laughs> but you know what's you know as we know awareness is always there we know our we're evolving as a profession we're evolving as practitioners and um you know it's we and, we, and the three of us know that there's no one right way but there certainly is you know ways that things that we can incorporate that can make our way work better right oh. And that's really what we're about, just bringing who we are, what we are, and what we do to the people that we see in the best possible manner so that we can get the results that we're looking for. And that's to create a healthier person, which will ultimately create a healthier family, healthier city, healthier country, healthier world kind of deal. And um, I'm just, I'm truly, I'm inspired by you guys. So um, you're amazing. You're amazing. On the the shoulders of giants like you. (laughs) Listen, I I can't wait for you to be here. And uh, um, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm thrilled. So, uh, but we've kind of hit that, that, that time in our show and I, we could go on. I mean, we could keep talking about this forever. Um, Thank you. You know, thanks for what you're bringing to the profession. Um, more than that, thanks for what you're bringing to humanity, because, you know, this is going to going to help people evolve and help as practitioners, whether they're chiropractors or anybody, it's going to help them be able to understand who they're dealing with and what they're working with, you know, on a physical level, on a social level, right, on a on a mental level, you know, because that all affects everything. And if you can start reading that and seeing that, it's just amazing. So I'm I'm, I'm really thrilled for you guys. Thank uh, you. Yeah, absolutely. And to our viewers, thank you. Thank you for tuning in uh, week after week. As you know, this is a Life West Leadership line. We drop these every other every other week. The opposite weeks uh, are the Life uh, by Life West that me and my wife, Dr. Mary, uh, hold. And um, and I'm just thrilled. I mean, there's I, I I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to this about three or four times. Uh, just to kind of get it and then probably six or seven times to kind of start to own some of this and then start doing my research. It might be easier just to go to one of your programs and I don't have and get it like that. But it just, you know, there's a lot of there's just a lot of bombs that were dropped today or pearls of wisdom. So so keep, you know, listen to this. There's people that we know that need to hear this. But please, you know, I want to I just got to thank you for sharing everything that you've done, because we're just cre- together is how we're going to make a change in this world. And you know, we can't do it individually. So I appreciate you so much. Um, until the next time, well, from Dr. Don and Brandy and myself, uh, we just want to let you know that you are more powerful than you were ever led to believe and that keep spreading your love and spreading your magic and creating a brighter future for humanity because this world certainly deserves to be functioning at its optimal level and you're a big part of that. So until I see you at our next uh, uh, Life West Leadership line, uh, we'll bid you adieu and thanks so much for being with us. Thank Thank you for joining us today. today. And for for the the love, commitment, commitment, and passion you emanate every day. Together, we know we will make this world a better place.